fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 387 yes Welcome to another episode. We hope you've had a cracking Christmas and New Year and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who. <laughs> Related. I was trying to do a Shirley Bassey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode. We're apologies for uh, apologies for not getting an episode out sooner to you after the Christmas excitement of uh, the church on Ruby Road, etc. We've had a little bit of a... Um, a bit of an extended Christmas vacay, if you like. Yeah. Mostly because I've been really sick. I've been very. I've had a bit of a monster flu. That's kicked my You've ass been a little bit. For six, haven't you, mate? Yeah, a little bit. So Adam was like, "Look, mate, I really want to record. Are you going to record this week or not?" And I'm like, "Oh, dude, I can't. Just can't do it." And he's like, "Right, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to do this podcast anymore." I'm packing my bags and I'm <laughs> off. <laughs> and that's it. But no, yeah. So this could be an interesting one because my voice is still a bit shot. So I will try my best to mute my uh, my mic if I turn into a big just mess of coughing and whatever. But so far, all good. <laughs> if you turn into the Goblin King. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make well, at least you have got a, a slither of a voice this time because you literally didn't have, you know, joking aside in that, you literally didn't have a, a voice uh, this time last week, did you? You were completely, you were like this. You yeah. sounded a bit like an ice warrior. <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so from... Struggle through, mate. Struggle through. Yeah, for sure. And I think from from this year onwards, I think I'm just going to go and get a flu shot. Just yeah, book it in early November time. <laughs> just go and get a flu shot because this is not fun. No, no, at all. <clears throat> it's not good. It's not good. I hope yeah, you guys had a good one though. Where are we now? The eleventh of Jan. So it's been a couple of weeks since the old, the old Christmas festivities and the uh, having Doctor Who back on for Christmas Day, which is very cool for a lot of people. I know that I, you probably saw the same dude afterwards. Uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything just went absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. afterwards and stuff so in a way i'm actually glad that we're not we're not doing our review until now because um as is the case with a lot of doctor who you see a lot of people jump on twitter immediately within seconds of the episode finishing saying that's probably the best doctor who i've ever seen like amazing like you know amazing and then you give it a few days and then there you see the same person in conversation and they're like yeah he was all right yeah, it was okay. And then mm. another few days later, a week, it's like, yeah, I'm not really a fan of that app. Not really feeling it. So I think once you sort of, you get over, of, you know, sometimes when you watch Doctor Who, especially <clears throat> these event episodes and so on, you're on a bit of yeah. a high afterwards. So it's very, 
it's very tempting and easy to just hop on and and declare to the world how amazing it is. So I think once the dust settles a little bit, which is why our reviews have always been, um, uh, what's the word? Because our episodes always go out on a Friday. So when new Doctor Who is on, we normally have a week gap between when the episode goes out and then our review. Yeah. So it normally gives us a bit more of a clearer, you know, the lens is a bit wider for when we come to record because it gives us a chance to watch it a couple of times and, you know, and, and go through it. And the other advantage as well is that we can watch it as a fan and then we know we've got a week to watch it as a reviewer, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I always uh, make sure I give an episode at least two watches. Um, and in the case of this one, actually, um, I'm very glad that we didn't do a sort of immediate review. I mean, I, I, I like listening to hot take reviews. Um, and then I always, you know, like if if the podcast and listener follows it up with another review, say, right, we've let the dust settle. But in regards to us, I'm always glad that we don't, because particularly like, for example, this story, my opinion from watching it, you know, on Christmas Day uh, to watching it again a few days later changed massively. Oh, really? Um, uh, yeah, it did. It did. Uh, for many reasons, I think. Um, so, I, you know, in that sense, I'm sort of like the fact that we do take a bit of time just to let the dust settle uh, I do like to watch an episode at least twice before we do a review like you said to watch it just to watch it and then a second time to watch it with my review head on and make notes and be more critical about stuff and yeah, so yeah. yeah I think it does benefit from that yeah yeah my yeah my opinion has changed huge did you get to watch it actually on Christmas day I did mate yeah or did you watch it later no I watched it as it went out me and my wife we uh settled down cup of tea and uh, yeah, we were we watched it live, live. You know what I mean. You know the broadcast live. time. Did you? Without giving away your what your thoughts were on it, did your wife enjoy it? Um, she. I always like to to use that mm. as the, to gauge the casual viewer's perception <laughs> of an episode. So, I wouldn't say it's. Um, she wasn't blown away. Right. She okay. didn't finish watching it and think and then say anything like, um, "Oh my god!" You know, I, I'm I'm now like counting down the days until Doctor Who comes. You know, it wasn't like that. But she enjoyed right, it, I think, okay. for the most part. She, she mm. thought it was. She thought it was a bit of a weird one. You know, she mm. was one. I think because Doctor Who has been weird the last few episodes, she's kind yeah. of thought, like, you know, Russell T. Davis is in one of his weird phases. A <laughs> weird phase. Yeah. yeah. So, um, He'll get over it. Yeah. yeah. So she, she enjoyed it, but, you know, it wasn't like, you know. I didn't have to pick her up off the floor because she fainted with excitement at the end. I get you. Yeah. I, I've actually, I've watched this episode three times now. So I've watched it. I watched it on Christmas Day, but it was not live. And I, unfortunately, we were well into the family party games uh, by that time. So I, I was hoping to sneak off to watch it, but that didn't happen. <clears throat> so I watched it when I got home and I was a bit worse for wear, as you can imagine. Uh, and then I watched it again with um the commentary with russell and uh millie gibson and i forget who the other person was so you can watch them with commentaries on the iplayer which was enjoyable and then i watched it again <clears throat> with my reviewer head on sound like wurzel when we got my reviewer head on <laughs> and uh watched it with my reviewer head on to make some notes so i've sort of seen it three times but one of those was one of those was drunk one of them was with the commentary and then the final one i thought right come on settle down sober and i watched it properly so yeah i think that's why my opinion on it changed quite a bit between the first watch and the third if you like that makes sense dude 
Yeah. Yes. But which way nice. did it? <clears throat> excuse me, I sound like the one with the flu. Which way did it turn? Did it for the better or for the worse? You'll find out in our review. Indeedy. Stay tuned mm. for that. So yes. we're not going yes. <laughs> to. Sounds like old Saturday morning TV, doesn't it? Stay tuned. Coming up. Um, <laughs> but before we get to that, though, there's no news to speak of. We're going to um, just comment on no a couple news. of things. But um, if this is the first time of you listening to the Big Blue Box, then welcome aboard the TARDIS. It's great to have you here. Make sure that you are. Uh, if you like the the what you hear after the episode, um, we'd love it if you went on to follow or subscribe us you, you, to us. You can do that in whatever podcast app you listen to your podcasts on, and you won't miss an episode when they usually land uh, every week. And we also do a monthly um, episode with our writing team as well, called the the Roundtable, where we just sit around and and pick a theme about Doctor Who and chat about some news and whatnot. It's just we just hang out and chat Doctor Who really. It's it's really fun and, and very cool. Mm-hmm. So you get to to hear all that. So all of our content is all free. So just go and give us a like and a follow. And uh, if you've got a second to leave a review as well, that'd be awesome. We really appreciate all of you that have left reviews so far. That'd be very cool as well. So um, before we get on to reviews, just very quickly, we had to say goodbye to a couple of people. Yes, we did. Sadly, yeah. Which is uh, really sad. Um, so uh, Richard Franklin left us really sadly on christmas morning yeah which is a real bummer what a what a day for that to happen but uh, apparently there was no um nothing too uh dreadful there i think apparently he was um he had a bit of an illness for a while mm-hmm. um uh, and and passed peacefully while he was asleep so that's you know what you can hope for really so um but what a character though from from classic who it's a, a really yeah. cool character and a, a lovely, lovely man as well. Uh, I've met him a few times over the years at conventions. He's a very sort of uh, gentle person, very sort of calm personality, and just very friendly and very chatty and very, you know, very warm person to talk to. And uh, Katie Manning uh, has been posting lots of pictures um, uh, leading up to him sadly passing away. So she's been going in to visit him. I believe he was in a care home uh, towards the end. Um, and she's she's been regularly going in to see him and posting pictures of her um with Richard which have been lovely um so yes it was very sad I I mean I was yeah I was sat sat there on Christmas day and as I said we'd eaten all the food and playing games and I opened up my phone just to see what was happening and uh, that was the first thing I saw I was like oh no not not dear Richard Richard's gone so that's yes it is sad and uh Yates is a is a cool character in the Hooniverse isn't he he's a good mm. he's a good character that got some good moments so um and as I said a lovely man as well Richard Franklin so that is sad um yeah, yeah, sad times, dude. Yeah. And then we also said go, uh, goodbye to um, uh, what was her name? Remind me, dude. Well, I, I is it Georgina Hale? Yes, Georgina. That, I'm Hale. not sure if I've said yeah. it right because, uh, as, as regular listeners will know, we are terrible names. In fact, my friend um said she was listening to she's not a big dot two fan, but she started getting into it because of shooting. She said she was listening to our review of the specials, and I think she doesn't, you know, it's the first time she's listened to our podcast. And she said, You two are terrible with names. And I'm like, God, and then we were on a good week that week. <laughs> I said, We yeah. we only got them wrong. So, yeah, Georgina Hale. Uh, was 80 years old um, and I think Dot 2 fans will know her best from the Happiness Patrol as was mm. it Daisy K sure let's have a look yeah it's not a story I've seen in a while yeah it's um yeah the Happiness Patrol that's uh that's an interesting story isn't it <laughs> yeah I mean we must have reviewed it at some point but it has been a while since I've uh, seen it. Daisy K yeah Jordan Happy yeah. and 
do you remember, mate, she had, so she did lots of other things. I, we, I used to watch a show uh, where she played this character called Teabag. Or <laughs> uh, T-shirt. And she had this really um, unique way of, of pronouncing things. Do you remember? She'd go, are you happy today? Mm-hmm. She just had this wonderful voice, yeah. which made her quite distinctive, if you like, because she would, she popped up in loads of things. She had quite a good career, but I think she's one of those, if you said to people, Georgina Hale, they'd say, mm, don't know. And then you'd show the picture. Oh, yeah, I've seen her in like the Sweeney or this or whatever. So she did lots of television, but are you, uh, you, you're not that much younger than me. Do you remember, um, was it actually called T-shirt? Uh, no, the or character was, was called, the young lad tea was bag. called T-shirt. Um, yeah, what was the program called? Um, uh, I wonder how many of our listeners know what on earth we're talking about, because I don't know like what the average age of our listener is, but there was this show on when we were kids. It was called um, Teabag. Yeah, definitely. And it was actually called Teabag. Yeah. yeah. It was bizarre. It was, um, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, but she was like the main... I don't know if you'd call her a villain, she, but she would sort of pop up every week and sort of terrorise these kids and stuff, didn't she? It was a it was a fun program, but a bizarre program as well. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? it was about a young girl that uh, oh, almost like an Alice in Wonderland yeah. type thing, from what I remember. But um, yeah, it was very yeah. cool. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, obviously, people listening to this podcast will know where it's. Daisy K from the Happiness Patrol. So, mm. are you happy today? <laughs> <laughs> I love her voice, by the way. I don't mean this not doing an impression out of disrespect. So, I loved her voice. It's just so unique. But yeah, sadly, she's passed away, and I believe she was eighty. So, okay, you know, yeah, not, not a bad innings. Not yeah. bad innings. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, if you want to listen to our review of the Happiness Patrol, go on, hit me with it. When then, was it? You can uh, listen to episode number 179. 179. Yeah. We were just looking through our spreadsheet to see what stories we haven't reviewed yet um, so we could pick one for next week. And I was actually astounded uh, how many we've done. I I thought we'd got loads more left to do. I didn't realise we were sort of... We are now not exactly scraping the barrel, but we we haven't got anywhere near as many left to review as I thought from the classic era. But uh, we've picked one for next week, listeners, so stay tuned to the end to, to find out what classic we're going to be reviewing <laughs> next week. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, do stay tuned, listener. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> All righty, dude. Let's crack on with our review. What we got? Yeah, so yeah, obviously we will be reviewing the Christmas special that's just gone, starring our new Doctor Shuti Gatwa, and it is The Church on Ruby Road. Merry Christmas. I'm the Doctor. What's up there? Goblins. Oh yeah. Time travellers are great. Like, wow. Ah! Hold on tight. Who are you? <laughs> High energy trailers. Mm. <laughs> From the BBC. Which is good, because uh, normally when we've seen all the Christmas specials before, they're all very twinkly and atmospheric and... 
fairy tale-ish. But this is like, nope. This is an action episode. In case you didn't know. This is like, get your, get your string cropped up on, get in that club. <laughs> get dancing. It's Christmas, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> right, so the church on Ruby Road was broadcast, obviously, very recently on the 25th of December, Christmas Day, and it was written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Mark uh, Tonderai, and it was, uh, it stars, sorry, um, Shuti Gatwa, obviously, as our new doctor, um, Millie Gibson as Ruby Sunday, Davina McCall as herself, and uh, about a dozen other supporting cast members, which we'll get on to. And the synopsis for this one is pretty short and sweet. Long ago Mm. on Christmas Eve, a baby was abandoned in the snow. Today, Ruby Sunday meets the Doctor, stolen babies, goblins, and perhaps the secret of her birth. Mm. Oh. Mystery. Dude. So, uh, off the bat then, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the first Crimbo special? for a while first crimbo special yeah it's, it, even though i didn't get to see it live it was nice to have it back on christmas day um my thoughts on it were that i liked it um but i didn't love it i think i i sound a little bit like your partner um nat in that i yeah it finished and i just thought okay enjoyable um but the plot was paper thin i thought um it didn't have an, there were bits where it was losing me. Some of the scenes seemed to go on forever. I think that it could have been tightened up. So it was an hour long. And I think actually um, you could have taken 10 minutes out of this and it, it probably would have tightened the story up a bit. Cause there wasn't enough plot to sort of fill that hour. Really. There were lots of scenes in them in the house. Um, and just to go back to my earlier, what I was saying earlier about when I first watched this and the last watch. So while I watched this on Christmas day, obviously I'd had a few drinks, a bit tired, long day. I was really struggling by the midway through this episode. I was I was really bored, actually. I was like, oh, we're back in Ruby's house and they're having another chat. And I was like, come on. I, I really didn't think high, that highly of the episode uh, on a first watch. Um, but when I did rewatch it to make some notes, um, fully awake and sober, I did enjoy it a heck of a lot more because um, I think it is one where it is quite talky so you kind of need to pay attention to it um, and that's you know if you let your mind drift off from this one I think it's easy to go oh what's happening now because there's a lot of back and forth so for example um, when Ruby disappeared uh, when the crack appears in the ceiling on a first watch I had obviously zoned out and didn't know what the heck was going on and then the episode had lost me so um, but I did enjoy it overall as I said by the time I watched it properly I thought it was a a decent episode. It had a lot of fun moments. I think Shooty and Millie have got great chemistry uh, straight away. I think they've really hit the ground running together. Um, and I think Shooty does already feel very doctorish to me, which is great. You know, I'm really, really sort of um, taken to him as the doctor straight away. So, yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I liked it, but I didn't love it, to be honest with you. It wasn't quite as good as I was hoping for if you like it mm. didn't it, i'm not i don't know if i'm it, not that it was missing something but it, it i think you've used this analogy before it seemed to get stuck in one gear a lot um and i just kept waiting for it to sort of ramp up to some big conclusion which it didn't really do um it kind of just fizzled along for a lot of it um so yeah it was good but i, I don't think it was it's not one that I'm going to go back and watch that much. I mean, even like last night, obviously it's been a couple of weeks now since I last watched it. And I did think, oh, should I watch it again before we review it tomorrow? 
And I didn't really have that inclination to put it on, you know. So I think that tells me something that it's an episode that I think is good, but it's not one I'm going to go back to too often. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was yeah. decent, mate. I, I, I think it was a decent episode, just not a great episode, which is a bit of a shame because it's Shooter's first proper story. And I was hoping we'd get a real banger, if I'm honest. Whereas this one was just, um, yeah, just a little bit too middle of the, I was going to say middle of the road, too middle of the ruby road uh, for me. I would have liked something just a little bit more. Like okay. you said, I'd like to be have someone pick me up off the floor saying, wow, that was a great <laughs> episode. Whereas I was more like, yeah, that was, yeah, it was all right. So, okay. Yeah, which is a little bit, which is not, it's not, it's sort of almost more annoying than it being bad, if you like. It's that thing of it just being okay. Yeah, you know, true. in some ways, you either want it to be, oh, it was awful, it was dreadful, or you want it to be amazing. But it was just, yeah, it was just okay. What did you think? Were you picked up off the floor? Was your wife, Gary, come get off the floor? It was really good. Yeah, fanning <laughs> me. Come on, like... slapping my face. Come on, wake up. Come on. <laughs> um, I thought that Shooty was amazing yes i'm i would agree i'm really liking him already yeah. yes i think he's bringing a very fresh energetic new new take on the doctor which is what we obviously need with a new doctor and although we saw him quite a bit in the last one um this was his first obviously big you know solo outing and it was uh he was great the episode itself though i felt i felt was a bit throwaway and I do think that yeah. now. I think I think it's just a bit of a. Yeah. But then maybe that's just the curse, you know, of the Doctor Who Christmas special. Maybe that's just the thing because if you go back since Doctor Who's been back since two thousand and five, none of the Christmas specials. There's probably you know fans of them out there that will disagree, but on the most, mm. you know, for the most part, the Christmas specials are the ones where. Um you don't really sort of think about too much. You know, they have their nice little moments here and there and some of them look pretty cool and, and stuff, but you just, yeah, they're, they're just pretty forgettable. And I think this falls into that bucket mm. for me. And uh, so although I enjoyed the episode, it was I, I didn't finish watching it and then think, you know, that's, you know, Doctor Who's gone, you know, immediately downhill before it's even started. I didn't think that. I did think it was, you know, a fairly enjoyable watch. It was just, I don't know, that, um, I, th- I think Russell has been, has done well to write a couple of stories, this one and the last one with mm. the toy maker. I think he's done well to write a couple of stories in a confined space. And what I mean by that is, although we've had some big sort of law busting things happen, especially in the toy maker one with the whole, by generation you know all that stuff i think yeah. the actual stories themselves they've had to be they've had to be written to be put in a little box and what i mean by that is the christmas the um the 60th anniversary specials were just that they were a mm. series of specials and that was it and then the the christmas special one this one um again that was it you know that's just a, a an isolated little story to tell for Christmas Day. So again, although that lays a little bit of groundwork for what we might or probably will see throughout either this series or the next the next one, um, it's, uh, you know, it's a bit like opposite Moffat. You know, with a lot of the Moffat stories, it's like, come on now, we've watched six episodes. 
is this arc going to finish? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, and we're still waiting for that to finish, you know, exactly. two series down the road, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, come on now, what's what's going on here? Whereas this is the opposite. Mm. It's like, you know, I've got an hour to tell you a story just for Christmas. So I think at the moment it just feels like the train's not moving. Because um, like with some of the previous stuff that we've seen back in series, especially series three and four with with the old tenant stuff, Mm. On some of those stories, it felt like they weren't laying the tracks fast enough for the train that was like thundering down because it was just bang, 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 you know, great story after great story. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it's like Russell's just had to adapt a little bit just for these ones, just to tell a little concise little little story. So I think from once we get into the series proper, whenever that lands, oh, we got the date for that, didn't we? Is it May? May, yeah. End of May, yeah. I think. I like the fact we've got the day already, yeah. Yeah, so I think once we get to those things, it will just open up a lot more. And oh, you, definitely. Exactly, yeah. So we'll see, you know, characters that are not just with us for one episode and, you know, returning, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, mm. in a nutshell, dude. Because um, we have things like um, the hooded woman who dropped off Ruby at the church. You know, that's yes. going to come out some point. We Any have, thoughts on who you think that might be? Um, I've got two theories on that one. Oh, we'll go for it. I think Do that's like a theory. <laughs> I think that's going to be Ruby herself. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of those kind of paradoxical time loop things. <clears throat> and she's yep. kind of saved herself, if, if you know what I mean. And, and, uh, that was a requirement because she knew that the doctor was going to be there, um, to save her. She puts a, so it's a bit of a, a weird one, but I think that's Ruby mm-hmm. herself. The other one, which is a bit of a stretch maybe, is Mrs. Flood. So the other character that we got introduced to in this episode, which I'm pretty sure will come back at some point. Yes. Who obviously knows what's going on. Because we have that very cool little moment where she, it's a bit of a fourth wall thing, isn't it? Where she looks into the camera. She's like, what's the matter? You've never seen a TARDIS before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's either her or Ruby. So I'm not sure. What about you? We are thinking along the same lines there. Yeah. That's Those are the two that I thought. Because I, I know a lot of people have seen the picture of the woman in the hood walking towards the church and the the boots look like the 30th Doctor boots and you can see that she's got these high-legged trousers on. So people were theorising it's the 30th Doctor. And, you know, that's it intrigues me that Shooter's Doctor didn't, run after it. it's almost as if he just looks it's almost as if he knows already who it is so i was thinking i don't know if that's significant but that could play into it so i thought that i thought maybe it's ruby because she mentioned the fact that she's got no dna davina mccall said didn't she we can't find any dna for you so she's a bit of a mystery again mm. uh, so it could be ruby in like you said in some sort of weird paradox thing um or yeah i'm very intrigued by mrs flood and who mrs flood is and I do wonder if it could be her in some sort of weird way. Could she even be like Ruby's mum, who's been living next to her all this time? And I don't know. And there's just something about Mrs. Flood that I'm very intrigued by. And the fact she knows what TARDIS is and mm. all this sort of thing. It does open up to all sorts of serious people are saying Rani again. People always <laughs> say the Rani. Um, they're saying it could be, uh, who's the other characters they said? I don't know. There's there's lots of theories out there for Mrs. Flood. 
could even yeah. be an interpretation of Missy and all this sort of stuff. But I don't know. I feel like she could be something more simple, like, you know, Ruby. Could, could even be an older Ruby, you know? Could be Ruby yeah. from the future living next door to... No, that would be a... That would be a paradox, wouldn't it? Anyway, yeah, I'm intrigued by yeah. the character, mate. Yeah, and I agree. Those are the two thoughts I had as well. I don't think it will be the 13th Doctor, um, even though the boots do look exactly like mm-hmm. hers. They're even even the laces are undone like the 13th Doctor's. But it would be interesting actually if it, if they did somehow get Jodie in there. That would be quite a shock if, if she took the hood down like she did in her reveal video. Oh yeah. And it's like, hey, it were me. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Oh, we'll God. see, but I can't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, so that's probably going to come to light in five years' time, I would say. <laughs> no. Uh, no, not that long. Everyone's going to forget about this. Um, that's my prediction anyway. Everyone will forget about this scene. and then we'll, Yeah, and then we'll have three or four seasons of, of new Doctor Who. And then there'll be some kind of plot twist or something in a in an upcoming season finale, like in the next four or five years. And then they'll, that scene will be revisited and everyone will have that, oh, do you remember that you, right you, at the beginning? You know he's waiting in the wings to do this, don't you? The old mothball. The old moth he bag. sat there leaning yeah. against the wall with his glass of red wine going, waiting to be called into the writing room. I'll leave this to me. I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll get the phone call. Yeah. You'd be like, took you long enough. Stuck, are you? <laughs> Stuck, are we? Need a hand. Funny that. Well, this Need is going to cost you. Need a timey-wimey solution across three series. <laughs> I'm your man. <laughs> now, this is going to cost you. How much wine you got? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to cost you a crate. <laughs> no, I'd be serious. Dude. I don't think we're going to be revisiting this scene for a good long while yet. No, well, I don't know. I think we. Yeah, this will be Ruby's exit finale thingy in a few years. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I can't believe there's already talk of them leaving after two series as well. So I hope hope it's. um, Hope that's not true. I hope we don't get to see her exit too, you know, that quickly. Well, that's that's the other thing. I am quite finding uh, Ruby quite likable already. She's. you know, both Do- the Doctor and Ruby, I think, have, have got this great chemistry already, and I, I instantly like her as a character. So I'm um, really looking forward to seeing more of these two together. Mm. So I'm hoping the rumours aren't true that they're going after two series. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, with Doctor Who? As soon as you have new people in to play, it's always the it, way, isn't it? Yeah. When are you leaving? When are you going? <laughs> if, oh, well, I've only been here a week. I think Eccleston, uh, was it Eccleston? Yeah, got asked that like in his first interview. So you, you're just taking over as a doctor. Now, Now, how long are you staying for and when are you leaving? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most, um, like any other normal person, when they start a new job, it'd be, that'd be pretty soul-destroying, wouldn't it, on your first day? Oh, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah, I've just when started. Are when you get up, when you leave, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> Wrong move. <laughs> How long are you staying for? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Getting the TARDIS first. Yeah. So just back to the, yeah. Go, go on. on yeah. No, go on. Dude. Back to. No, just because they just sort of back to the, the story. It, it was a bit ploddy, I think, wasn't it? That's the thing with the actual story. You you were saying earlier that it um, it it was well. I, actually, I was saying earlier, sort of stuck in this one gear. I thought it was a, it was enjoyable, and we got introduced to some nice characters. But it was a bit ploddy in places. It was quite talky. Um, but I think it's it's a hard thing because what Russell's trying to do, I guess, is make Doctor Who feel fresh and new. 
um, which I think he's, I can see why he cast Shooty, because Shooty definitely has got this energy to him, which is, you know, I think is, is giving the show a bit of a boost. Um, but also I think he's trying to make it feel familiar and like the Doctor Who that we know and loved. And I think it almost felt like a little bit of a retread of, um, what he always does, I was going to say retread of Rose, but I was gonna, it's kind of what Russell always does when he introduces like a like a new family and everything, or a new companion. Is he very much concentrates that episode on the new companion and introducing their sort of family and backstory, which is again what he did here, which was all well and good. I mean, uh, you know, we got to to meet Ruby's, you know, the, the woman who's adopted Ruby and all this sort of thing, her mum, and and that was all good. And it's to get to know those characters, but it did also for for a Christmas special that you just want to sort of be a bit of a roller coaster. It did also make it feel a little bit ploddy. Okay, we're getting to know all these new people, um, and so I think that's why at times I was getting a little bit frustrated with it. You know, I wanted the story to sort of move on um, rather than sort of finding out about all this other sort of backstory stuff, um, really. But it, you know, the, the characters that we've been introduced to were fairly likable. I mean, I, I do like her, her mum, well, her, her adoptive mum. What was yeah. the character called? You know, so this is another one where we're going to be back to not knowing names. Was it Carla, Trudy? Her Carla mom? Sunday. Carla. Who's Trudy? Um, I'm looking at the cast list. Anyway, yeah. Trudy. So I got, got, was liking the characters that were introduced to, but I was just finding there was a lot of scenes where... I was getting. I was just wanting the story to move on a bit, rather than being back stuck in their house mm-hmm. having another conversation. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what I think? That's Russell doing his usual. Yeah. Um, I like, mean, he's done it before. Just sort of thought his writing just seemed a little bit slow paced in this one. And the thing was actually, sorry, this is what I was leading to, and I, I sort of lost my thread a little bit. In the commentary for this, Russell was saying that you know the scene where the Doctor. Um, has the sn- giant snowman head fall on him when he's and then he sort of punches the eye out and then he starts talking to the policeman near the beginning. Mm. Uh, it's when he's sort of following uh, Ruby. That was a that was a very late edition and was only recently filmed. And it was actually Disney who asked Russell to put that scene in because they felt like you know the episode was drifting on, but we hadn't seen much of the Doctor. They're like, we need to see more of the Doctor early on because. It's all about Ruby and stuff. And I think this is the point I was trying to get to with Russell, that he does like to concentrate on the new companion, their family and all that, which is all well and good. But I have to agree with Disney on this. I was thinking, yeah, if you took that scene out, we would have seen hardly anything of the Doctor for a good 25 minutes, half an hour of the episode, which is half the episode, you know. And it definitely needed that scene. And I thought it was a fun scene as well Mm. um, with the big giant snowman. Um, So I I thought, gosh, you know, come on, Russell. Like the fact that, that uh, Disney plus had to give him that note and say to them, I I think Russell should have been thinking that he should have been watching the early cut and thinking, yeah, gosh, the doctor's not in this very much. I better put in another scene there. And, because it definitely needed it, I think. If you, if you, next time you watch it, if you imagine not having that scene in there, it's a long time before we actually get to see the Doctor. Um, and I don't know if he was trying to do a bit of a tenth Doctor thing of you know waiting for the big reveal or something. I don't know, but I think it definitely benefited from having that that scene put in, even yeah. if it was like a really late addition. Yeah, I agree, dude. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's interesting, isn't it? That. Um because if you follow the, I think Russell has a bit of a formula with these things, um, which you can tell a mile off with the whole spending a lot of time with Ruby's family and her mum and and all that stuff. 
Russell does that quite a lot, you know, like he does it. Yeah. He did it a lot with Rose and her mum and And I'm thinking like um, Martha and that her family yeah. and everything, yeah. Yeah. So he the the whole family closeness relationship side of things, he does that quite a lot. It's a very it's not it's not a bad thing, you know, but he does that, you know, where everyone's just I think he's trying to build relatability. So a lot of these characters you can hopefully relate to them in some way, rather than them just being, you know, throwaway yeah, and characters. I, I, and I do feel like the characters he's introduced, like Carla, um, and uh, and that are, they do seem likable. I have instantly sort of warmed to them and want to see more of them. Mm. Um, I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere online, mate. But it's you know that scene with the snowman. Is is that the building that Rose worked in, or does it just look really similar? Was that Fenric's building? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I didn't make I that connection. Just, I, yeah. I saw it and I, sh- I assumed it was, but I haven't seen anyone else mention it. So, I mean, it, obviously there's no connection there. I just was curious whether they'd thought that'd be a quirky little thing to do to go back to the building where, from Rose, you know, the first episode. But I haven't seen anyone mention it, so maybe it isn't. But it looked a lot like it, though. Could be, dude. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I've not seen anyone say that, but you could be the first person, mate, to to make that connection. <laughs> could be, yeah, eagle-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think um, just following on what, from what you were saying, the um, I think that scene that they injected the with the whole snowman thing and what you just mentioned that I, th- I think that plays into the whole the bad luck vibe that was running through the episode as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things, isn't it? That uh, that we have as a bit of a, a story plot, I guess, is Ruby having all this bad luck. Um, which results in, you know, certain things happening. And so I think the doctor gets to share in that little bit of bad luck a little bit, but because of what he has at his disposal, he's not like a, your average person like Ruby is at the beginning of the episode, like the first 20 minutes, you know, all these crappy things are happening and she's like, you know, I've got terrible luck. The doctor seems to have that, but then with the Sonic and other stuff, he like averts it a little bit. So yeah, it's funny. I've noticed a little bit of a theme running there as well, isn't there? He's the doctor said something towards the end of "Am I the bad luck?" Mm. Uh, and I thought, was it because there was this thing about superstition uh, in one of the specials as well, wasn't there? With the you know the fourteenth doctor where he said, "Oh, I've I've created some bad luck at the end of the universe." So I just wonder if this is a little thread that Russell's putting in because Mrs. Flood wishes Ruby good luck as she gets in the TARDIS and stuff. I don't know, this whole good luck, bad luck thing hmm. uh, seems to be just sort of keep getting put in there. So I wonder if that's a thing. It could be, dude. They have mentioned mm. it a few times now. Yeah. And in this story, it's kind of the the thing that drives. Because we have Davina McCall's, like she inherits the bad luck as well, doesn't she? Like after that's she's right, yeah. met Ruby yeah. and... She even phones him and like, look, how do I get rid of this? Like, I've caught bad luck from you, <laughs> which is ridiculous when you say it out loud. But yeah, um, you know, but that seems to be the thing, dude. It could be a, could be a thing that comes up yeah. a bit more. Death by Christmas tree <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about some goblins? <clears throat> Go on then. Are we going to sing? No, I actually, no. <laughs> actually, I must ask you. But no, you, let's talk about goblins, and then we'll <laughs> talk about the song and how that fitted in and stuff. But yeah, God, let's talk goblins. So goblins, dude, and I think Russell did mention at some point over the last week or two, or maybe a month, that he felt like the door was left open a little bit to add a little bit of fantasy and strangeness into Doctor Who mm-hmm. via way of the Toy Makers episode. 
because he felt that the toy maker was a essentially a fantasy character. Yeah. And after writing all that and thinking about what to do with the with the Christmas special, you know, he's kind of on this vibe, you know, let's let's have some some weird fantasy stuff happening. Not too crazy, not like, you know, the dark crystal or <laughs> you know, any of that mm-hmm. craziness, but let's have some let's have some creatures and fantasy stuff that we've not seen too much in Doctor Who and I think could be wrong so listener if i'm wrong on this do tell me but I'm pretty sure he sent the script to the moth bag and uh mothballs was like dude you've nailed it with this whole goblin thing like why haven't we used goblins more mm-hmm. in doctor who so that's i think that's the justification for having something like you know he could have chosen anything could be orcs could be you know whatever yeah but the goblins was a thing so i think um having them in Doctor Who was a was a cool thing, um, and I really liked how they were introduced. Where you don't see them properly at first, you just see like mm, the little hand, like the little hand sort of, and you saw like their feet disappear over the top of a building, and like yeah. the evil little chuckle and and stuff like that. So I think the mm-hmm. the way that they were introduced was very cool, that sort of mysterious uh, sort of thing, and then their whole flying ship that felt very sort of eighties cartoon. To me, that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Loved all that. Um, but I think once we actually saw them in the flesh, so to speak, and when the song kicked off and then later on when we saw the Goblin King properly and all that stuff, um, it felt a little bit like they were like they were introduced to the story really well, but then later on it was like they were there for the sake of being there after that. Yeah, I'd, I'd 100% agree. They're, they're t- totally wasted, really, because I think I, I like, uh, I might be in the minority here, but I liked the idea of goblins uh, in a Christmas special. It just seems like um, something familiar, but something Doctor Who hasn't done uh, before. I think there was comparisons to labyrinths and things like that. Mm. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, I think you're right. They worked really well for the first part of the story. You know, like you said, the the, the little chuckles, the, the being mischievous, creating all these problems. Um, and then we get the song. And again, I'm probably in the minority. I didn't mind the song at all. I think it fitted in quite well and just, if anything, made the episode a little bit more interesting. I was surprised when the Doctor and Ruby started singing, though, because obviously... <laughs> Yeah. We knew about the song in advance because it was released as a single and I think it got to number one in the iTunes chart, which is crazy. Um, but we didn't know that when the song finished that the Doctor Ruby then start the song again. Were you surprised when yeah. they started singing? And how did you feel about it? Because <laughs> that's the bit I, I'm i not totally on board with. It didn't really bother me. I know some people hated it. Um, but when the Doctor started singing, I was like, okay, we are definitely going into new territory now. Where, you know, like, But I, I didn't mind it, if I'm honest. I thought it, it worked fine. But uh, what did you think? Was it a little bit of a step too far? Or, um, or did you think it was fun? Um, fairly same-ish for me on that. I didn't mind it. It started yeah, to you feel... Didn't a... sit there and think, oh, this is ridiculous. The Doctor's singing now. I, you know, you weren't like that. Because there, there were a lot of people, and I, I do get why. But for me personally, because... I'm a lot more forgiving, I think, with a Christmas special. I think it's just about having fun. Um, exactly. So it didn't bother yeah. me at all. I was kind of like, oh, my God, the Doctor's singing now. Right, okay. <laughs> you know, and not yeah. a bad voice. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, not bad at all. It had been terrible. I might yeah. have been sat there going, oh, God, make it stop. But <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, I thought it was all right. No, it wasn't. I wasn't. Um, no, I didn't mind it. Like, just exactly as you just said it, though. I think sometimes with the old Crimbo specials, 
uh, they are meant to be they're meant to be more fun and a bit more whimsical than your average uh, episode, I guess, in that respect. Yeah. So no, it was um, it wasn't dreadful. I think if um, I think if they had gone on for too long, <laughs> I would have yeah, you know, yeah. I would have been like, oh come on. Or if they started doing like a share and going into mega auto tune and you know, and then like a load of dancers come out saying if it, if it got ridiculous, but I thought it was yeah, I thought it was just a bit of fun. And you're right, it was it was a pretty short scene. It didn't really go on. Uh, mm. But I, I just want to come back to what you're saying about the goblins and the Goblin King as well, mate, because I do feel like they were wasted. Because um, I like the idea of these crazy goblins, and I like the idea of this big goblin, evil goblin king at the end of this, you know, uh, food ramp. Um, but he didn't do anything other than go, you know. It was I just felt, yeah, like they were introduced, but then there was no threat or anything from them, um, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It just it did seem a little bit of a wasted opportunity, I think. And I didn't realise that the goblin king was an actual prop uh, until I watched the the making of because i assumed it was cgi it looked cgi to me but i think what it was was the the goblin king was a prop and do correct me if i'm wrong but the background was cgi so weirdly it had the the opposite effect you know it made the to me it made the goblin king look sort of animated more than the the backdrop but i think it was a real thing because um uh, Millie Gibson talks about having selfies with it and stuff. So there must have been mm. something there. Let's put it that way to represent the Goblin King. Yeah, it was definitely a physical. Yeah, I'm sure they did because they were like yeah. even the tongue sticks out. It was a bit like again reminded me of the old Return of the Jedi behind the scenes where they've got physical props and people moving them and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so. yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So Goblin they over- overlaid a bit of CGI. Yeah, maybe they did, mate. Yeah, the eyes and the mouth and yeah to make it a bit more yeah, expressive. Yeah, they probably enhanced him. Yeah. So I think overall the goblins were, they looked very cool, like design-wise, great, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff introduced well. Just a bit of a, because you felt like they were going to have a bit of a comeback because they seemingly rescue Lulu Bell from the first, you know, when they start singing and then the Doctor goes into this cool kind of detective mode where he figures out that the goblins, obviously because they're not human, they have this other kind of language embedded into their structures and everything with all the ropes and everything. Mm. So he starts to figure that out and and sort that out. And then um the they rescue the rescue the baby, they go back and then a bit later on you see the lightning start happening outside and the doctor looks worried. So you know that the goblins are back and you think, oh, okay, there's now a chance for them to you know, we can see how evil they are and and all that stuff. But again just kind of went nowhere a little bit with those guys so um great great little fantasy creatures to have in doctor who just a a wee bit of a missed opportunity a a little bit yeah and also the the way they were um taken out at the end as well was over in a flash wasn't it it was it was a little bit you know another really quick wrap up um and also the the ship just so the goblin king gets spiked on the church Mm. spire and then the ship just disintegrates and it's all over. It was, again, it was a little bit like, um, was it the Star Beast where we said about the roads repairing themselves? It's just a quick, okay, mm-hmm. that's done then, let's move on. And I thought, oh, that's a, uh, I expect a little bit better from Russell's writing, considering some of the stuff he's given us in the past. It does seem like he did another quick wrap up on this one. I mean, why did the ship disintegrate? I don't, it just, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the quick wrap up. Uh, with yeah. it. it just again it just made the goblins and the goblin king just feel um so easily defeated and that's that done then let's move on you know as if they were just um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Just a little, they weren't the main sort of um, plot point. It was just there as something to see, okay, let's move on. You know, the, the main driving force of the plot, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I read you, dude. And I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier about Russell having to write these little kind of semi-isolated stories before we get into the proper seasons as they begin. So he has to wrap them up in a bow reasonably quickly to some degree. Yeah. Because yeah. They haven't ki- we haven't kicked off like a big proper arc yet. So, um, and I think this mm. falls into that bucket quite well. Like you said at the end, it kind of, you know, you can see the runtime and you think, right, okay, there's seven minutes left. This has to end pretty, pretty quick now and get it wrapped mm. up. So... And it does, just like the Star Beast, yeah. It sort of I mean, I like the up. idea of it getting spiked. I thought, oh, okay, on the church, you know, that's cool. Mm. But it just, like you just said, it just felt like the, the goblins themselves could have been utilised a bit more, and the Goblin King in particular could have been utilised um, better in the story, I felt. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about a few characters then. Um, so we had uh, one character that was in it quite a lot was Ruby's foster mum. Uh, Carla uh, yeah yeah, Carla Sunday and uh, she was played by Michelle Greenidge and she was um, she had a real nice warmth to her you know that bit in the story Mm. up until uh, the bit where Ruby almost gets erased and she doesn't recognize her you know and you know she gets a bit cold so as an actress she did that really well we had that switch that went off where she goes from this real lovely warm and you can see why she's adopted and looked after so many kids in the past because she has this lovely way about her and she was really cool. But then when that switch mm. goes off, she has that coldness about her. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that was a really good performance from her and some good interactions between her and Ruby as well, which is very yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I like her. I recognise her. I'm sure I've seen her in quite a few things over the years, actually, uh, Michelle Greenidge. Um, but, yeah, that was a good scene, wasn't it? I liked the way the, the house changed from being like this bright warm cozy environment to this you know when they were to being like really dark and you know grimy and her cat like you said the the change in her character was was quite subtle but very noticeable as well it was uh, i really liked that part of the story i thought that was quite interesting and she played it really well actually yeah, yeah, when she was yeah. being like, the, you know, doctor was trying to talk to her about, you know, but don't you want to, your kids and all this? And she's like, oh, I only do it for the money. And it was really quite, oh, wow. You know, it's a totally sort of different side to her uh, character. And I thought, yeah, she played that really well, I thought. Yes. Yeah, same. Um, and then we also had another um, another woman in it who popped up a couple of times, Cherry Sunday. She was in. She was bedridden, and she was just complaining all the time. Nobody was bringing her a cup of tea, and <laughs> yeah, she was fun. Yeah, she was really funny. My wife really liked that character. I did as well. I liked yeah. it when the doctors like stood in her doorway, and she's being all funny with him and stuff. But yeah, she was cool. Uh, that's the thing. I like again. Though I want to see more of um, Carla and uh, Cherry. They get, they mm. just seem like a fun place to people to hang out with. Yeah, I like, do like the characters. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. Uh, what about old Davina then, as herself interviewing Davina. Ruby? <laughs> uh, just being Davina, really. There's <laughs> nothing else to. Well, no, she about sounded you, but... a little croaky, didn't she? Did you? I think maybe she'd had what you've got. Her voice sounded like it was about to crack. I think maybe mm. she was a bit under the weather. Um, no, performance-wise, uh, I guess, like you said, she's playing herself. Um, 
But uh, it was intriguing because I wondered how she was going to fit into it when she was announced. Uh, you know, it was almost like a guest star. Um, I was like, well, how is Davina McCall going to be in this? But of course, she's presenting a show like the one she does in real life. So it, it, it did work for me. I thought I thought she was fine in it. And, you know, her performance was perfectly good. And when she got saved by the Doctor at the end, and it's like, Merry Christmas, Davina McCall. It was a bit cheesy, but I, I went with it. Um, no, I thought she was fine in it. I actually quite liked her in it. Yeah, didn't, hasn't Davina done, lent her voice to? Remember the old Eccleston episode, Bad Wolf, you know, when they go to the mm. game station? Oh yeah, and it's and it was based on um, Big Brother back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think she might have lent her voice to that before. I think she did. Yeah, she probably said, you know, please do not swear or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think she is a voice in it. Yeah, so it was, um, right. yeah. it was cool to see her, but um, yeah, she wasn't she wasn't cast as a character. She was at you know just being typical Davina, but she's just very cool. Herself. Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah. I bet she had a lot of fun. You know, like when the trees go towards her and she's going, ah, and stuff. I, I would imagine she had fun on set. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and we've spoken about Mrs. Flood, so Anita Dobson. Yes, uh, I like her already. I'm very intrigued because she's one of these that, is she nice or is she nasty? Yeah, I love it when you get a character like that, especially played by, you know, an, an actress that is... Uh, is is sort of fairly well known, but mm. has got that sort of diverse range of because it, it, it's all in the wink, isn't it? You think she's nice, and then she gives you this sort of slightly mm, look or wink to the camera. You think, God, is she good or bad? Like, <laughs> I I really liked her. I'm very intrigued by her. I do hope we see more of her. I'm sure we will. Yeah, well, I think we will. Maybe the clues in the name. Maybe. Do you reckon? Flood? What Maybe. can you make out of that? Don't know. Miss Duffl. <laughs> can see Ood. Miss Ood. No, I can't. Anyway. Wasn't. Um, no, no. That's a different thing. But yeah, we're, maybe we'll. Uh, actually, no, we'll definitely see her back at some point. Maybe. I'm sure. Maybe our th- one of our theories are correct. She's the. Do you think she's going to be a goodie or a baddie, though? What's she gut feeling? My gut feeling she's going to be a goodie. You reckon? Yeah. That's my mm. gut feeling. I'm not so sure. You're not so sure. Anyway, You're a bit more cynical. Yeah. You're like, hmm, got my eye on this one. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I get a slightly sinister vibe. I'm almost, almost waiting for her to turn really evil, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, what about Millie Gibson then as our new companion, Ruby Sunday? I think, um, yeah, sorry, mate, just while I get my notes out, what, what do you reckon on? On uh, Millie, I, I liked her. I, I, I liked the character. Um, I think we've got a lot more to learn about her um, because it was, you know, we sort of got to know her backstory with the family, but we didn't get to know an awful lot about Ruby. And she is another one of the companions that's become a bit of a mystery, which I'm not sure. I think that's been done a little bit too much recently in Doctor Who. You know, the whole where is she from? There's no DNA and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I am intrigued by it, and I thought Millie Gibson gave a good performance. As I said, instantly likeable. Um, the rapport between her and Shooty was great. They seem really fun together. Uh, they've got that sort of banter between the two of them, which I liked, um, like when they were tied up and, and you know, the conversation they were having there and stuff. It was they, They're fun together. That's what I feel. Um, and I think she's going to be a great, counterpart to shoot his doctor so yes i thought millie was really good in this i'm i'm hoping um 
I'm hoping she'll go on to be a, a, a great classic companion. I definitely get that vibe from her. And she's a good act, good actor as well. You know, I thought her performance was good because uh, I think she's only like 18, 19. She's quite young, uh, but she's she's definitely got got what it takes, I think, to be to be a good companion. Um, okay. And her acting was good. Yeah, I felt some emotions from some of the stuff she was delivering. So, yeah, she was good in my opinion. Oh, nice. Dude. Yeah, I agree I with like that. I like her already. Yeah, I agree with that. I think she's, as a Millie Gibson, as an actress, is very, very cool. Kind of mature. Um, a very mature performance in a way, given her age. Yeah. Because uh, the opening bit, uh, not so much. and uh, Not in a bad way, but you just saw her as like, you know, typical, you know, uh, young young girl just out and about playing with her band, mm-hmm. you know, doing all that stuff. But then as soon as this whole thing with the with the goblins kick in and, and all that sort of stuff, she kind of, she, she naturally kicks into that, into that mode where she's like, you know, she just seems a bit more mature past her years. I don't thing. mean, yeah. yeah. She's uh, got a feisty side to her, which I like, you know, I think she's going to be one of these that gets stuck in and doesn't take any nonsense as well, which mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. And then as a character, it's kind of interesting that Russell's gone down this route because it is not really what he does with companions. Mm-hmm. This is more sort of the thing that, the mothbag did with companions. So what I mean is when we first met Rose, she was just an average person working in a department store. Just gets, just so happens to be caught up in, 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 in everything that's going on with the doctor. The same with Martha. She was mm-hmm. just a doctor, wasn't she in a hospital and she gets wrapped up in it all. It wasn't until we get to, um, Moffat's kind of stuff where, you know, with, um, with Amy Pond and stuff, right off the bat that was a very mysterious character yeah do you know what i mean she wasn't like, like your Clara, average Clara, the mysterious girl yeah sort of thing. exactly mm. so russell's gone down that road now where he's immediately sort of wraps this character up into mystery like she's not what she appears to be with the whole yeah. you know so it's interesting that he's gone down that road now rather than his typical this is just your everyday girl about town happens to bump into the doctor and that's it yeah it depends how it plays out mate because i'm not sure how happy i am about that because i just kind of want things because those mysterious girls type things they 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 don't always work out so it really depends how you know i mean like the thing with clara i don't think the resolution to her thing was that great but it depends how it plays out with ruby like but it also, it, I kind of just want the series to get back to the Doctor going on adventures. Like, the amount of stuff they delved into in the Doctor's backstory during the Moffat era and and uh, even Chibnall with the Timeless Child and stuff. But just, let's just get away from all that. Let's let's not concentrate on too much of this mystery about the Doctor, mystery about the, the companion. Let's just have the Doctor and the companion land on planets and stuff and have adventures you know i don't i just don't want to getting too bogged down in that stuff uh to be honest i think we've had a lot of that uh for new who um i'd like to see if they are going to freshen up a bit let's get away from it but it's not to say that that's where they're going with ruby it just there is a little bit of me that worries the <laughs> that russell might be trying to moff it to make another mysterious girl and i think yeah i don't really need that at this point in the show but we'll see it depends how it plays out mate yeah true we'll see We'll see. Well see. Yes. And then Shooty then. Our new our new doctor with his proper own episode now. Mm. Um my I've got pretty much the same thoughts as when we reviewed the third special with him. 
uh, in that he's just a fireball, dude. He's just uh, yeah. like it, it feels to me like when he woke when he was filming these episodes, he woke up and had a gallon of custard, a whole <laughs> bucket of blue smarties, and all the e numbers, and then he's just you know just darting around and running around and like every single line that he delivers even when he's trying to be kept fairly calm and and not be so zany you know he's got like just a just an energy about him he just leaps off the screen at you and uh and do you know what dude i think that's in in this new era of doctor who i i really think that's needed mm -hmm. i really think that's needed because um we you know we with Jodie's doctor to a uh, to a degree, I think she tried to do that, but yeah. it ended up just coming across as very um, expositionally waffly in your face a lot. And you just, you know, after a few seconds, you're like, oh, shut up. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to sound too harsh, but it was just like, oh, you know, she's, she's banging on again, you know, about stuff. Whereas mm -hmm. when Shooty, like, is got that energetic feel to it, I don't know, it's got like, it, it, it just lands different. Yes, I absolutely agree, mate. Do you know um, what I mean? He's a, yeah. yeah, he's a bundle of, of energy. And he's, uh, personally, I think he comes across as very likeable. You know, it's uh, a lot of the performance, I think, when it comes down to liking a performance, it's down to the facial reactions. Like, he's always got this big grin on his face. But then when he needs to be serious, I mean, there's a bit where they're talking about adoption and stuff and the doctor says, I, I don't know where I'm from. And I thought, Oh God, you know, it's the timeless child's getting another nod. But, but again, the way he delivered it and the, the performance, it's all on the face. He looks a little bit lost, a bit sad. He's, you know, again, in shoot is a young guy, but he's got some, um, his acting is, is, you know, of a great standard mm. uh, already. Yeah. I think he's, you know, he's got some good acting chops on him. Like you said, full of energy. Like when he's darting across that roof, um, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm guessing it's a set. I know he's not up high, but he's jumping across those blimmin' chimney pots and jumping on the ladder, <laughs> and you know, and he's got his. We haven't talked about them, but he's got those gloves on. What were they called? The oh, intelligent gloves. The intelligent or gloves. Which I was, yeah. yeah, I was like, what the hell? I'm not sure about those, but they, they they just remind me a little bit of the Doctor Sonic Shade. It's something else he's brought out of the wardrobe. But I'm like, well, I don't. We don't need to see them every episode, but once is <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, going back to Shooty, I I just find him instantly likable, mate. He, he has depth to his Doctor already. I feel that he can be fun, he can be quirky, and he can also deliver the serious bits when needed to. Um, so yes, I'm really liking him already. And I, most of all, I just can't wait to see more of his doctor uh, in action, which is what I want. You know, I want to have a doctor that I'm invested in because that's what's been missing for me personally the last few years. And again, I don't want to keep bashing Jodie, but I just couldn't get on board with her interpretation of the doctor and when you don't feel anything towards the lead character you really start to lose interest in the show and so with shooty even though this wasn't the best episode and i'm really hoping it's not going to be another matt smith scenario where we have a great doctor with very sub par episodes um he has instantly got me sort of looking forward to seeing him every week if you know what i mean as much as watching the stories which is mm -hmm. you know what i want from a new doctor yeah, it's like Blake Seven all over again, mate. Blake, can't just you just can't relate to the character, can you? The lead guy, <laughs> Blake. That's why he had to go. I'm joking, of course. 
Blake. Started yeah, watching Blake be... 7 over Christmas. Did you? Now, how far have you got? Because this must be your fifth attempt. Same as I always got. <laughs> episode 3 and you've dipped out again. No, no, episode 2. Oh, is it episode 2? Right? End of episode 2. And I'm, I'm going like... to have to come round and, and reenact the whole Clockwork <laughs> Orange thing and force your eyes open and, uh, and can get you to watch all four series because um, I know you'd love it if you actually got into it <laughs> you just got to get past those first few episodes <laughs> yeah i read you man i yeah. will do it i will do it at some point you will <laughs> there we go uh, okay yeah so shooty mate yeah absolutely loving him at the minute as the doctor and i honestly feel like once we get into the series proper i think mm. it will open up a lot more we won't have to because you were just saying that these intelligent gloves and stuff yeah i think that's again it's another thing that adds into the whole you know, let's let's get this story moving along and get stuff done as quickly as possible. Because they felt a little bit like... Um, convenient. Very convenient, very Tony Stark. Mm. You're like, yeah, we need to accomplish yeah. this thing. Oh, by the way, I've just invented this thing that does exactly the thing we need to do. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think once yep. we get into the series and it's opened up a lot more and we can explore stuff and do things over a longer period of time, more episodes and stuff, I, I really feel like it won't feel as as wrapped up as conveniently as that might be the odd bit here and there, but yeah, I think it will be a lot better. I think, uh, I think shooty as the doctor will benefit a lot more from that. So if we think that he's very cool now with these little isolated stories, I think once we see him sort of come to life even more over the series, it'll be very cool. So yeah, I think we're loving shooty mate at the minute. He's very cool. We are. And, and how at home does he feel already in the TARDIS? That's the thing that really makes me just instantly see him as the Doctor. You know that, that panning shot at the end where it just zooms up to him, you know, on mm. the in the TARDIS gantry, and he's like, I'm the Doctor. I'm like, yeah, you are. You, you, like, you, you have made that TARDIS console room your home immediately. He just feels at home in there. So, yeah, I can't wait for a full series with him. I'm looking forward to seeing other people write some episodes as well. Not, not to say these specials or anything by Russell have been bad. They haven't. They've been enjoyable, but they have been a little bit more lightweight than I would have liked in certain places. So I am looking forward to seeing, hopefully, some other writers tackling, you know, this Doctor and Ruby uh, to see how they write them and what they come up with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I know it's Mavity got another mention, by the way. Mavity That's did. still a thing. It's still a thing, mate. And I'm like, Ruby doesn't correct him. So does that mean it is has become just the word, the way it's said? Or is it that she didn't hear him because they were up a ladder? You know, so that's still lingering. I think I still think that's going to come back as something bigger. That probably will. Yeah. Because it just keeps getting put in there. Yeah. Yes. Anything else on your notes, bud, before we put a score on it? Um, oh, there was something. What was it? Oh, I thought the music was too overbearing. I know we always talk about the music at the end. There were scenes where I just couldn't hear what they were saying oh, um, yeah. uh, towards the middle of the episode. And I, I thought it was just me getting old, but I saw a lot of people comment on it, um, especially the guys from the Dot Two show, which I listen to regularly, um, said the same thing. Like the dialogue was completely drowned out. The, mu- the music just got a little bit too overbearing at times as well. There was sort of too much of it, um, even though a lot of it was good and really nice. Um, there was just too much music in it and went and sometimes it was just too loud. So uh, nice, nice stuff, Murray, but turn it down. It's <laughs> it's on 11 at the minute. Turn it down to an eight so we can actually hear what they're saying because it did drown out a lot of stuff, I thought. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that, mate. 
And uh, just lastly, mate, new Sonic. I know you said when we talked about it before that you like it. I don't mind I'm going to say now yeah. I've seen it on screen properly. I don't like it at all. Oh. <laughs> I just don't like it. And also that was one of the things Russell said in that scene that he added with the snowman. He said that is now the first appearance of the Sonic. Whereas uh, until he added that scene in, it was just going to be in the scene where they're escaping from the goblin ship, you know, where they're tied up. When he said, mm. actually, you hardly see it. So he is glad that he now put that other scene in because the doctor sort of waves it at the camera but i don't like that new sonic at all and i want to like it you know i love a sonic but of course it won't stop me buying the toy when it comes out no, but, of course. Uh, still, yeah. no of course um but i'm not a fan of that new sonic at the minute it might grow on me mm. we'll see but mm. i know you, you like it right you think it's pretty cool yeah i don't mind it mate yeah yeah you like it oh. yeah i'm not gonna rush off to buy the rubber toe 300 500 pound <laughs> no i'm gonna wait replica. for the character options 14.99 one <laughs> one that falls apart yeah <laughs> yeah the one that you press a button it lights up and then falls apart yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one yeah. i want <laughs> samesies yeah mm. all righty let's whack a score on this then you to go let's first. go for it yeah me yeah me first is it um i'm gonna go for a 7.5 out okay. of 10 good yeah. score enjoyable but just not quite there hmm i'm feeling i'm feeling like a 6.5 dude for me oh yeah Ooh. i'm feeling uh i'm feeling that most of that score is down to um shooty and millie gibson yes um and also um michelle greenidge and anita dobson i feel like the, the performances were very very cool but the story itself a little bit throwaway mate just a little bit me um, Do you know what? You're you're absolutely right, mate. Because actually, if you imagine this story and the performances not being very good, so let's say, and I don't mean to be cruel, but I'm just using this example. Let's say, like some of the acting we saw during the Jodie era, which was cringe as hell. Imagine those sort of actors with this paper thin type story, disastrous. Yeah. So you you make a good point. Actually, a, a lot of this uh, is thanks to the cast being on really good form and bringing this story up. And that that's why I compared it to the Matt Smith thing. Like, Shooty, Millie and everyone else really bring this story up from being, like, a four or five because it's pretty f thin. Mm -hmm. But performance-wise, yeah. it's got emotion in there and that's down to the actors um, making the most of what they've been given. So, very good point there, mate. They definitely bring this, this story up. Yeah, and I think in a couple of years' time, when somebody mentions the Christmas special... I think the only thing that you can that you'll be able to say is, is that the one with the goblins? Like, yeah, you won't yeah. remember Davina Cole being in it. You won't remember nope. all the bad luck stuff. You, you know, you won't remember, you know, exactly what happened. It will just be, oh, isn't that the one with the goblins? You know. Yes, I I absolutely agree. Yeah, because that's why I was worried whether I should rewatch it again last night. Because I was like, I don't really. I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today. And uh, like you said, I was trying to think, oh, what was in it? Like goblins, yeah. So I, I know exactly what you mean. Just quickly before we wrap up, mate, can I just ask you if you thought the next try and trailer that we got, um, you know, what did you think of it? Just very briefly. So we we saw they're like, let's go into the vortex, and we saw Mel again. This obviously, which we knew it's coming up. Um, we got those funny creatures that look a little bit like tractators <laughs> from the Fifth Doctor story. Mm. Not sure if they are, but. The, the next one trailer, although good, I thought was good, 
and maybe they're just holding a lot of stuff back. It didn't, um, it didn't have that much in it, really. It, it, it didn't have, you know, like very often when we get next time trailers for upcoming series at the end of a Christmas special, we'll see like Cybermen coming towards the screen and then this and then that and then that. And I'm not saying I want Cybermen because they definitely need a rest with the Daleks, but I expected to see a couple of like new monsters to make me go, oh, what was that? Freeze frame. Who, what the heck was that? And I, there wasn't as much in it as I thought we'd get, but maybe they're just holding stuff back. But what do you reckon to the next time trailer? Has it got you? Chewing at the bit for series one, as they're now calling it. Um, yeah, I think it's it wasn't a bad trailer. I think it, yeah, it's um, it's got me interested for sure on what's mm-hmm. around the corner. Uh, I also think that they just haven't got enough stuff ready yet to make a really good trailer. So I think probably, probably, yeah, I, I would say um, April time, end of March, going into April, we'll have a really cool trailer. Yeah, so I guess series. they've got to save stuff to, to keep us going for the next um, four months, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. So, or three months, yeah. whatever, till it till it comes up. So, yeah, you're right. They've got to hold some stuff back to give us some more breadcrumbs over the next couple of months to <laughs> keep us invested. So, yeah, I guess that's what they're doing. Yeah, I would say so. It wasn't a bad trailer, though. No, um, no, it's cool. Yeah. 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 All righty, dude. I think on that note, then, we'll, we'll wrap it there for episode 387. All righty. Thank you, thank you so much for coming back and listening to another episode of the Big Blue Box podcast. That was 387. So not uh, not terrible scores from us. A 6.5 from me and a 7.5 from him for the church Mm. on Ruby Road. We're going to be back next week. Uh, We're going to dive into some of the episodes that we've still got to review across all of Classic Who. So next week, dude, what's our review story? (laughs) <laughs> just realised I said oh, we need a rest from the Cybermen and uh, next week uh, <laughs> we're reviewing Revenge of the Cybermen <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm uh, looking forward to seeing this one I haven't watched this for a long time so Revenge of the Cybermen fourth Doctor classic a classic indeed we're off to uh, I haven't seen this one in ages what is it Space Station Nerva I think it's one yeah what are those Sarah funny Jane. little creatures called on that planet as well uh, I don't know, dude. I haven't seen the it. Funny faces, yeah. Anyway, yeah. those guys. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, get your. Uh, there's no excuse for not watching these now. Get iPlayer fired up. They're still on BritBox. Mm. Your DVDs, your special Blu-ray, whatever you want to put it on. Because uh, we'll shoot some stuff out on the socials, asking for your thoughts. So have a. So keep a lookout for that. In the meantime, make sure you are following and subscribing on your preferred podcast app, so you won't miss an episode when it goes out every Friday. And head over to the website as well, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the episodes there for free as well. And you can read all the cool reviews and articles from our writing team. Also, check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yeah. There'll be some new vids coming up if I can get my beeping gear. (laughs) (laughs) So they've got some half-edited videos that I need to finish but yeah should be some new stuff coming up on the geeks handbag to go give it a subscribe indeedy and until next week my name's gary my name's adam and remember hey, 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 hey. Hey.